0: And welcome to episode six of Responsible Adult. This week, I'm joined by Shami, who is another second mother type figure. Uh, like my mum, she's an artist, and we talk very specifically here about what it's like growing up as an artist and not having that same transition period between being a child and being an adult, because that's not marked by a distinctive career change. And what it's like growing up with bohemian artistic parents. We really get into the nitty-gritty of definitions in this one, and I really hope you enjoy it. So yeah, without further ado, uh, Shami's journey into responsible adulthood. <laughs> Righty-ho, let's kick off. Hello, everyone. I'm here with Shami, my mum's very good friend of, how, well, how many years, if you know mum?
1: Hmm, interesting. Um many years decades let's say decades (laughs) (laughs) let's leave it
0: at that yeah many years many
1: many years
0: um chamois joining me in my childhood bedroom we're right next to one of her beautiful paintings um paints lots of butterflies amongst other things and she gave this to the painting to me i think for my 10th or 11th birthday Oh no
1: long time ago on the
0: spot aren't we Either way, a birthday, um, and it's been in my room for many, many years, Um, and I have the artist here with me now. Also, you know, good friend, practically second mother. So yeah, um, thanks for joining me, Shami. You're welcome. So let's kick it off at the beginning of your adulthood, and you can kind of self-define when that was. For most people, it's moving out, but maybe it was something different for you. Mm, that is a brilliant question <laughs> yeah adulthood i'm
1: i'm not sure that that ever happened <laughs> i think actually um i'm still working on that one
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh i don't see that as a problem particularly i'm just not sure about the definition between what comes before adulthood mm. you and know, why there should be such a uh, line between the two things, sure. I guess I come from a family that's very creative, and um, so we've always, uh, I think, creative people have um, a connection to their child, you know, within their adulthood, if you, if you like, uh, you know, as 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 that's what we're discussing, mm. and so therefore the playfulness of that is what is part of what created. Activity is about mm. and so your family are all artists aren't they they're pretty all, much they're pretty much all artists and then um when I became a parent which that's interesting because actually that's probably when I would consider myself an adult mm. when well, I, we're skipping right ahead there <laughs> well we are aren't we yeah but that's I think that's it though I think that's mm. that I you know as you've just thrown that at me i think that's how i would res- respond to that mm. is um becoming an adult was probably for me when i had a child
0: okay but in the you know in the conventional sense can you remember the first time you felt like everyone was expecting you to be an adult and you didn't quite feel up to that standard yeah yeah i think maybe
1: in my in, in my family situation I'm, I'm the eldest of two. I've got a brother mm-hmm. um, who's 18 months younger than me and my parents were fairly young when they had me and they didn't have any other um, friends that had children so in a way I felt I was I was a child but I was also had to be older than perhaps. I needed to be mm. um, as a ch- uh, as a child, I don't know if that's making any sense, but uh, I think what I mean is that I was always in charge, when the other children came along from my parents' friends, yeah. I was the eldest one, so I think that was when I learnt what it was to be an adult, mm. uh, I had to be the adult one amongst the children. Yeah,
0: or at least um, grown up, maybe not an adult, obviously those terms are kind of interchangeable, but the, yeah. the feeling of being... Grown up is something maybe a bit more internal than the kind of external standard of what an adult is, which is a bit more kind of factual and based. Well, this on is this is where the, milestones the, and
1: stuff. This is the struggle I'm obviously having, isn't it? Mm. Be- because there's there's a whole um um there isn't a de- delineate. There's not a line that 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 turns you from an adult into a child, and and the question you've just asked me is incredibly. Um, I find that really complicated Mm. for me because of my situation. And that is that I don't think there was a moment. I don't think there was a moment. I don't think there was a time when I went from an adult, uh, from a child to an adult. Mm. If anything, um, I think I'm still playing with those two things. But possibly for me personally, I do feel like I had to be an adult before I was ready to perhaps be one because I was in charge I was I was put in charge of the the kids because purely because I was the oldest one. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, and so therefore I, I you know I took on that role to be responsible for the younger kids. i we're only talking about younger kids that were sort of ten months younger, nine months mm. younger, uh, and it, depending on the situation and where we were and what was going on. But I was a child of the sixties, and my parents were bohemian and artists, yeah. and there was a lot of fun going on, and it was you know convenient for for somebody a an elder child to be sensible to sort of look after the kids yeah. and I think I played that role really quite well mm-hmm. so therefore uh, you know looking back at that I think I was probably being more adult in inverted commas than
0: I um needed
1: to be you that's know? interesting I was, wasn't wasn't
0: sure. so child. your parents were Kind of playing the kids at that, at yeah. those parties and leaving <laughs> yeah. you as the adult in charge. That's yeah. really interesting. Was there a point where you started joining in with them or was that never really part of the deal? Um,
1: yeah, there, there was a point when I started joining in with them. But I think that's probably only more recently, as in mm. they've become more adult as they got older. Older, and then when I had children, I think when I had children, that's when they probably became more adult. It's about decades. It's about history. It's about where we were, you know, where we are in society. Because they were kids of the fifties. I was I was born in the sixties, grew up in the seventies, and in a very in a very creative um, world of uh, parties um, and um, experimentation. And and I'm making this sound incredibly bohemian. And actually it wasn't. It was actually it felt normal. It was normal. It did feel normal. Yeah. But it also wasn't um excessive and it wasn't um um unhealthy. It was um it was within boundaries. I went to school, I did all the ordinary yeah. things um, you know, that, that that everybody didn't do. Mm. Um but as far as the um, you know the the feeling, the, the the emotions that we're talking about about being, being, um, becoming an adult. It's anything, oh, I find that a really really tricky, incredibly tricky question because mm. it's so complex for me. Obviously, yeah.
0: So I guess where you differ to other people I've spoken to is that they. They had some kind of marker, usually tied to the fact that there wasn't a huge amount of uh, love or care flowing around in their family environment mm. that meant that they had quite a distinctive move from home to yeah. elsewhere. And mm. that was uh, maybe a facet of just b- going to a certain age or, you know, needing to go to uni or something, you know, something mm. quite conventional mm. that meant that their trip into adulthood started at quite a distinctive point that they can yeah. really mark. So, yeah. was that so? Why do you think you don't have that in your uh, mind as much? Yeah, uh,
1: I think I, I, think I, let's, uh, yeah, in, a, in a just a purely physical sense, obviously, as you grow up, things happen. And I went to school and I went to college and then I went to art college. Mm-hmm. So, in that sense, that, that happened. Um, and I actually physically left home at 18. But I, uh, when I le- physically left home at 18, I, I couldn't wait to leave home Mm. all i did was was move into a flat like a block away really from Mm. where my parents lived and where um, did you grow up in brighton in brighton yeah well i grew up my, my up until the age of um 11 i was actually in the countryside about 25 miles out of brighton so sussex downs countryside proper rolling downs woods played in the fields.
0: So a great place to be a kid. A
1: great place to be a kid. And then from the age of eleven, so came to school, did all the the adolescent part of growing up in a small city or town as it wasn't it wasn't a city, it was a yeah. town in the seventies.
0: Okay.
1: Um so yeah that was that was interesting. And so
0: where did your anticipation to move out come from? Where was that kind of uh, centered. I think it it comes from the
1: same thing that I very started of talking about was that the fact that I felt that I was being an adult too very early too early mm. and that I had to look after other people I wanted to I always wanted to make my room nice I wanted to <laughs> make a house I wanted to make um um look after people I wanted to be, because I'd always done that mm. I wanted to um, get my own place I wanted to do my own washing because my mum was rubbish at washing my clothes she always <laughs> messed up all the clothes that her laundry was shit excuse me but it was rubbish and so I, I started washing my own clothes when I was 13 just because she wasn't practical in that way and and I, mm. I I cared about the clothes that I bought and what well, that I had and I was buying clothes at that age because I had a job at that age I was already cleaning cars and doing things um, and that, that that gave me money so I was already um I think I was already a bit entrepreneurial and wanted to to uh, in- just excessively independent I think actually mm. apart from anything else yeah and so I wanted to um you know have my own place that I could make my own mark on and uh, make it the way I wanted it to be
0: mm. so kind of a freedom that maybe you know isn't Something that we would associate with the word adult because mm. we think of it as quite boring and full of you know duties to other people, it's you know kids or other yeah, other family members, think. but actually your are leaving home and doing that kind of on paper quite adult move was to gain this kind of freedom and independence that you hadn't actually had as a kid, maybe as much as you wanted
1: yeah i guess I guess because if my parents were you know, being experimental, being artists, getting on with trying to make a living to to feed me and my brother, mm. but in a, in a way that that was important to them in a, a creative way, selling and making and painting and selling artwork. That um, the and and the era that we're in, where where my brother and I were, you know, you you got you got, went to secondary modern school, and you know that was it. There was no sort of actual interaction with that particularly. You just mm. went to school, you came home, and that was done. How was school for you generally? School was fascinating because I'd come from a small country village school into what was then a, for me, a big uh, secondary modern school where, when I think the first or second day, it was uh, the, the 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 toilets were sledgehammered, <laughs> and um. There were, within, you know, the first few weeks, it was all about fighting and and people sort of trying Mm. to sort of puff up against themselves. That sounds
0: familiar. Yeah. Nothing much changes there. Well,
1: I guess not, but um, now that school's a really, really good school. Mm. Um, But at the time, I I didn't know any different. I I had no um, concept of or idea of what's that what's, what what it should be so for me I just took it in my stride that's just what happened yeah of course and um, didn't know anything else And but did uh, you have fun at school? I yeah I enjoyed it actually I liked it I was I was okay uh, you know academically so that was that was alright um, I uh, immediately made lots of friends so that wasn't a problem particularly yeah I just it was a it was a mixed school which I liked um, I liked you know I was I liked boys. I liked being around girls and boys, and and being, mm. yeah, stretching my limbs in in that way, and being part of um, different gangs, if you like, in the school. I wasn't bullied or picked on, or I was able to be um, under the radar enough, but not too strong, to, you know, to, to to just sort of truck through it, really float on float on through it without it being too much of a and it wasn't uh, yeah it wasn't harmful it, it it just went on forever it seemed like yeah. it went on forever it just seemed to go on forever mm. but i didn't know what else it should be and then when it finished i i i was a bit confused I, you know i didn't know what else to expect so when yeah. it came to going to sixth form or any anything else i that's when i did become confused because i'd been quite cozy happily going to school every day and being slightly under the radar and getting on with it and not being bothered particularly mm. by it
0: so did that confusion did that inspire you to start making plans or mm. did you just kind of keep um, bobbing along that's that I think
1: that's when I realized I did have to, I did need to start making plans and I was uncomfortable with that I didn't know quite how to so I sort of you know followed what 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 Everybody did, which was go to Sixth Form College and um, did that for a a year or two, and then um, bobbed along with that. And then art college seemed the obvious thing to do and the way to go because it was familiar and seemed to be on the same sort of level of the things that i could do i, mm. I wouldn't you know i didn't have any problem getting in yeah it, it, it just it was obvious it was just a smoother
0: ride mm. so yeah that's what i did so was that like an art foundation year
1: yeah i went to eastbourne art college and um, for for one year as a foundation and then continued with that actually there i did mm. a, ended up doing a two-year foundation there and then went straight into the second year of a fashion textile course
0: was that a good time, the
1: foundation years? It was It was a struggle because it's a bit of a way away from Brighton, yeah. and I didn't want to, at that stage, leave home. I was lazy, and it was okay. comfortable for me to still be at home. We lived in a really nice house, and I had a lovely room, and I was partying with, I guess, my parents a bit and other people, uh, what well, my contemporaries? I was into the, uh, the whole punk scene that was going on then, and mm-hmm. bands, and boys, and drugs a little bit. So I was, I was getting into the seventies sort of lifestyle, and um, mm.
0: yeah. And did it... you feel comfortable doing that? Did that feel like a kind of oh, I'm finally doing what I want? And like, did it feel no, right? No, it didn't
1: feel necessarily comfortable. It felt right. It felt. It it, uh I don't know comfortable is an interesting word I had a I had a a boyfriend that was I was comfortable with Mm -hmm. and him and I and my parents accepted him immediately and we all were comfortable in this situation with me being fairly sort of young with a boyfriend and going out a lot and going to college and it was It seemed like that was the normal... For me, that was the normal thing to be doing and going along. So there was going out a lot, experimenting with drugs, going to bands, and comfortable in my home environment. Mm. So there was... um, Yeah, again, it was bobbing along again, I reckon. Bobbing along. There was no need for me to break out of that at that stage. Mm. I was okay
0: with that. So interesting. It's just everyone that I've spoken to has been vaguely along those lines and it just it seems so starkly different to the way that my generation Mm. have had to you know we we behaved in the same way but always there was this sense of like this can only be temporary and I have to figure something else out right like you always have to be a certain number of steps ahead of your future plans and that's what everyone around you is telling you like yeah you can go out and get drunk and have fun but then yeah. you still have to go to college and you have to get your a levels you have to know which uni you're going to go to yeah it's all it's all feels like you have you have to have a plan yeah and I think maybe that's just who I am I feel that a bit more strongly than other people might but definitely you know we just all of us were at six form college all of us were just so stressed all the time yeah and it makes me sad you know hearing you talk about those years as kind of being filled with actually almost exactly the same stuff but without the sense of stress of it having to end at some point yeah so yeah it's interesting that well that is interesting because I I see that in another way
1: though because I I feel slightly like I could have done with um a reality check at that time Yeah. Whereas um, perhaps if there had been a little bit of pressure uh, uh, mm. on it, I mean, maybe there was, and I just didn't take any notice of it. You mm. know, perhaps that was there, but I definitely, I didn't feel the stress in that way. But I'm thinking, I don't know, with hindsight, maybe it's just hindsight. But if there had been a little bit more stress, then perhaps you know, might have
0: taken some of it a little bit more seriously. Yeah. Because sometimes. Um, and maybe you wouldn't have taken those fun times for granted. Yeah. I'm not sure if you even did, I don't know. But I don't get the sense that you're looking back on them with this really kind of rose-tinted nostalgia, like they were the best years of your life or anything like that. No. They just seem to be like what you did. I think you're right there. I, I think you're absolutely right there. I, I think I've
1: learned from that the fun times can be had all the time. Mm. And and that's a good thing, and that's great. And And actually, in a way... It stresses me out because <laughs> sometimes because I think my stress comes from the opposite of perhaps your stress. Whereas I feel like maybe I should uh, watch out for that because that could be a bit too easy to just have fun times and then not achieve anything. Mm, sure. Because part of me feels like maybe if I'd had a bit, taken it a bit more seriously. I would achieve more. Mm. I mean, that's not to say that I feel unhappy with what I have achieved, but there, obviously there's an element of that in there. Mm.
0: So in terms of your your art, did you feel... I've, art is quite a specific career pathway to go down in that it doesn't provide that same step into a job, capital letters, mm. um, that kind of defines being an adult now. Like, you get your you get your work uniform, you go to work in an office and that's mm. it, you're mm. doing that forever. Art has a bit more of a blurry transition phase I feel because you can be creative and artistic for all of your life and actually as you've said from the beginning the reason that you never felt that presence of adulthood is because your family was very creative so it's not it doesn't provide that same jump to a kind of grown-up sense of joining the working like crew
1: yeah I think it was only when I I, I, uh, at, at some stage Later, I started to teach at uh, London College of Fashion, and um, I taught. I've been a visiting lecturer for years. I was a visiting lecturer in, in various colleges, and and that was when I was really I was looking back at that question, exactly mm. that question, and discovering for myself what that meant. And because I was t- t- teaching, talking to younger people, that's how I learnt what that. And I think yeah. <clears throat> what I'm trying to say is that. Um, it was about. Uh, I used to say to all my students, uh, "It's like an umbrella thing." The, the word art—it's it's got three letters in it. It's a tiny, tiny mm. little word with three letters, and it applies to for me to everything, everything yeah. uh, that you know, living and breathing, absolutely everything in in my life. If I can't, um, hopefully, I'll bring this back to that relevant point. But if I, if I can't um, make something, sketch something, make something in a day or paint something or construct something or collage something, I will make a, a, a meal. It's, it's a constant thing. It's a, it's a need to produce something from elements around, yeah. Um, for me, I mean, so there's, there's a practical side of it, there's an aesthetic side of it as well, and it's about being fussy about what I'm producing from the mm. ingredients around that has to be that color, it has to balance with that color or that line, or else I'm uncomfortable. Okay. So that's, um,
0: uh, an aesthetic about it. Um, there's a certain aesthetic though, because not everyone would have that same um specificity about it is that do you think that's something particular to you and your relationship with art uh I think that's that's particular to artists or or people that are creative so even Jackson Pollock for example so I just I guess I just mean like yeah I well mm, good question there's a kind of
1: sure yeah I think mm, yeah he's a really really difficult but yeah
0: yeah (laughs)
1: okay maybe I don't know about Jackson Pollock but but to, even to people's art that I don't particularly get on with, mm-hmm. I think there's decisions that have been made around how they've put a texture or a thing or a colour or a line or a how they've carved or cut or um, composed mm. something within a space. That's that that's uh, that's made the decision, and then there's also a decision about when to stop, start, stop, and walk away from it. And that's it as a creative thing, and then it's gone. Okay. And it applies to I think that applies to words, music, and art as we're talking about it, which is slightly less tangible because it's mm-hmm. it's it's abstract in its form because it's lines and color and texture and paint and fabric and paper. It's, it's, it's elements. It's yeah. elements. Different different elements. Or well, sound is element and elements. Yeah. Well, but it's different elements. So, it's, uh, it's about putting all, all, how you, how putting those things together. Mm. Um, I said I was going to bring this back around. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do well, that. Well, I think,
0: I think, or <laughs> what I take from what you're saying is that, um, God, this is so buzzwordy and just shows how fucking hypnotized I am by work at the moment. You're talking about transferable skills. You're yeah. talking about the fact that even an artist has to make key decisions and, um, filter things and prioritize things mm. and conceptualise things, you know, they art, an art career provides those skills yeah. to a person. Yeah. And, you know, actually even in today's working world, I think creativity is like it's like the buzzword of the moment and people want to bring those skills into all workplaces. <laughs> even the ones where you just think of people in grey suits walking to work under a grey sky. Yeah. They all want to bring in those those elements I remember now you thank you (laughs) you reminded me because what it was
1: is um uh you know when I said about art being just those three letters Mm -hmm. and what what you just said and how that applies when when I was working in colleges um and I was trying to work out you know what is this that I'm actually even trying to to tell tell people or help people with and it's 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 that it's exactly what you've just said. It's how um, I'm lucky enough in my childhood in my upbringing to to have learned a language that was uh, not not something I had to work really hard to learn. It was just all around me. Mm-hmm. If my parents and this is a thing that I used to say to my students: if I'd been in a uh, with parents that spoke French to me or Spanish to me all day long, if I'd been in in a multilingual, you know. Uh, Parental situation, I would have automatically learned another language, but I wasn't. And I, I, my, I'd love to be able to speak another language, and I admire it enormously. And and it's something that's romantic to me, and I I I just, just think it's brilliant and superior to me because I can't do it. And I know um, when I was. In a situation, I've been in situations with with students where they look up or or in situations where people say, oh, you're an artist. And it's the same thing. It's not that I became this thing or it was something, a label that happened. Mm. It's something that I grew up with. I had, it's not a choice. It It wasn't something that was, you know, I decided to be. It was something that was obviously always going to happen hmm. um in some sense or form the the label of artist isn't isn't that important my brother's not an artist he's an antique dealer and he but he has the same sort of artistic aesthetic, qualities, yeah. yeah aesthetics with um as far as beautiful things or appreciating yeah. line and all you know all of the abstractness okay. that, that's around that so uh, yeah back to that point that that's where that came from mm. and as far as becoming an adult being a child and becoming an adult throughout that it's like being immersed in a uh, you know a, a swimming pool of of all these ingredients there was mm-hmm. there was the, the you know the air that i breathed was that so that i had there was who knew you know I, there was it would be i wasn't adopted <laughs> i may, i don't know why i said that maybe if i had been adopted maybe the same thing would happen nature nurture here we go you know yeah. the, the old theory how how do we know but it was just intrinsic it was
0: it, it's been there always and so therefore it's still there so that's really interesting because i think you're probably not an anomaly but it's quite special to have had that i think because, I mean, even just from my perspective, I, mm. I, I, re- I relate to that in certain ways. But I think mm. for me, it's been a, a recognition of, the, of, any of any of that that I relate to. You know, I love to write and I've always loved to read and write and I love words. But the last few years have just been a kind of constant realisation of the fact that I'm very unlikely to be able to bring those things into my work unless I move home, um, work for free for a long time, expect to never really earn very much money maybe not have much control over my creativity all mm. of these things it's not been in any way a simple process of knowing forever that I'm going to be working with words and just seeing how that kind of but that's because formulates. that's because
1: I'm I'm talking from I'm 57 so I'm talking with hindsight to this of course if if I was your age I think I would mm. feel exactly like you are now. I'm, I'm, I'm looking back at the situation and looking at all these ingredients, and I think I, I can, from my perspective looking at you, I think you have the, the same, actually you do have the same type of thing going on for you, but it's a different type, it's a different ingredient. The mm. ingredients are words, and it, they are films, and they are reading, they are, it, it, it's, it's, they're just not, Paint and paint, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or things cut out. Yeah. So I, 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 still see it as, um, as ingredients, as, mm. as as things that parti- will participate. Um, I, I can say this to you now because I'm looking back on it in in a, in a, in a comfortable mm. position of being able to, to, you know, of of what what I've got. Whereas, if I was your age. I, yeah, I, I would be, I think I'd be saying what you're saying. Mm.
0: So did you, ever, did you ever feel like you had to say that? Did you ever struggle in terms of how it formulated itself into your life? I, had,
1: I don't think I had the opportunity to actually intellectualise it or discuss it that mm. much. I think it just happened. And, and that's maybe what, I, what was missing. Missing how? Because I think it would have been good. To to, to work that out. Yeah, to think about it a bit more. Because as I said, as I kept saying earlier, bobbing along. I was bobbing along. And um, it's easy to say, again, it's with hindsight, isn't it? But the bobbing alongness, um, perhaps if there'd been some um, sit-down workings out, as frustrating as that might be, you know, Mm -hmm. what about this? What about this? What about this? I can remember talking to my mum and dad and saying, well you know, should I, uh, well, I don't know what to do, should I do this a- about going to art college or going to college or doing anything? And they're like, yeah, that, that'll work. We went to art college, you know, <laughs> what do you want to do? And I said, I don't really know, what shall I do? Well, art college would work then, and they said, yeah, that then, then yeah, mm. we'll help you do it, and they did help. But but it wasn't the same, it, it's not, I'm not blaming, I'm not saying that they did anything wrong. It was a different Society then, and they, 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 they weren't trained. There was nothing to tell them or to help them. And I remember my mum saying to me, "You know, I've never had a a teenage daughter before. I don't know what to do." (laughs) She was a teenager. She was twenty-one when she had me. She didn't know what to do, and so I think they were um, bobbing along as well. And in fact, what's happened in in the last few decades, and you know, the last three decades since you were born. That that um, those children, me and your mum and other people that are you know our contemporaries. What we've done is we've grown up and we were a little bit bobbing along, a bit confused by our um, our uh, transition from adulthood to, child to uh, childhood to adulthood. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, what we've done is been quite controlling. And society has changed things as well. Schools are very different, mm. um, and the whole. The whole uh, ethos about what happens in schools now and, and how people, uh, how children need to be pumped out and, and produced to go to college, to go to the, the government, the, the, the ticking the boxes, what needs to happen for the schools to have whatever they need to tick their boxes to mm. keep their businesses going. And then, you know, that continuation of all of that, the politics behind it all, has, has really fucked it up.
0: Yeah, you're not it's wrong. Really fucked it up. You're
1: not wrong. And so that's put a lot of stress on um, uh, people. Uh, our my children, um, people like you. I think it. I think something in between the two. You know, would be the ideal. Yeah, of I think I could have done with a little bit more of the, mm. of the ticking boxes, a bit of that stress. Um, and but I see from my own children and from your generation. How, how incredible, and and actually beyond you from, I know, people with kids still in secondary schools, which I think are heinous, horrible, hideous places now. (laughs) And they shouldn't be. They really shouldn't be. Hmm. And it's not the fault of the teachers. It's just the fault of the government and what is going on, mm. and so that transition now. What it it? I I could cry, you know. The, the, what what happens to children now? I oh, lucky me, bobbing along in the seventies, you know, taking mm. some drugs and going to bands. Oh my god! If only, you know. Yeah. What happens now? I just think is yeah. is. Uh, look at the mental health of young people. Anyone. Yeah. Under the age of twenty-five. Yeah. Anyone,
0: yeah, right.
1: Mm. <laughs> Anyone, and that shows how wrong it's gone.
0: Yeah. Well, so bobbing along, mm. maybe a somewhat reductive way to I encapsulate your oh, young yeah. life. So, what was driving you in, you know, your early twenties, 20s, late twenties, 20s?
1: early twenties? 20s, well, uh, it was, it was all, yeah. Like I said, it's the ingredients. It was music. It was fashion. It was my boyfriends or boyfriend. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, experiences, it was quite hedonistic, um, so it was, um, yeah, yeah, I think that's it, actually, I think that sums it up. Food, I quite liked, you know, I liked hedonistic, so I
0: liked sort of mm. experiencing. And how was, um, so you were in Brighton for all of those years? Yeah, from the age of uh, 11, 12. Was it a good, did you think of it as like a good place to live and were you aware of it as a good place to live? I Yeah,
1: I did think it was a good place to live. I, um, I, I had a shadow of it wasn't the country where I'd come from, and so I thought it was a different place. Okay. I felt like I was always um, slightly behind all the town kids that, have all, oh, okay. that had all gone to primary school here, mm-hmm. so they all knew where they were going. I was still learning <laughs> about buses and how to um, move around and mm. stuff. Uh, so I felt a little bit behind everyone else on on that score, but I did. Yeah, I, I was. That was that was quite interesting. Mm. But I, I yeah, I did feel a little bit on the back foot with that. So, but you
0: didn't. So you didn't go away for uni
1: at all. You mm, went to university no, I went in to, Brighton. I uh, went to Eastbourne. Okay. So I had to travel every day. But you know, being a little bit stoned, a lot of the time I didn't go. <laughs> um, um. But I still made it through, and um, I did my travelling after that. Uh. I, I, Travel quite a lot later uh, about three or four years later after working for a few years mm-hmm. and then just got fed up with just being in the same place and then sure. visited lots and lots of places lots of other places
0: which places tell me about your travels um
1: the, the first major place i went to was india um for two and a half months two and a half three months with a friend who's who i'd grown up with Whose mum had always travelled a lot, and so mm-hmm. she was used to other cultures. So I thought she would, well, we knew that she would be safe to to go somewhere you know extraordinary yeah. with, and um, she had been to Africa and other places, and so she wanted to go somewhere different. So we decided together go to, to go to India.
0: Mm-hmm. And was that a quite inspiring? It trip was, as an artist I imagine in terms of all the yeah, ingredients and an elements insult. that you're talking about it was an insult it was a total
1: insult to every sense that I had and um um it was you know beautiful amazing incredibly exciting scary and inspiring yeah massively mm. inspiring what did you get up to over in India oh well we traveled around quite a lot um I, I mean it was only two and a half three months which mm-hmm. isn't a long time to be there in at that time as well um lots of people were doing hippie trails which went on for a year at the very least and we sort of kept tacking on to bits of it we had our lonely planets well i had my <laughs> Lonely clutched in my hand um and we, we we I was sort of more of the planner. I was the adult. Mm. I, I planned it and, and okay. did more of the sort of organisation stuff. I went with my friend Claire and, and so she had more instinct because she'd lived in other cultures sure. or had visited more other cultures more than I had. But yeah, it was a smack in the face. It was completely mad. We talk about it still. I've got a, a box of um, photographs because um, it was just like literally proper photographs, mm. tangible things. I've still got that box of photographs and I haven't looked at it for quite a long time, but I will do again soon. And I've been intending to it for ages. And they are, you could not, you could just click, 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 and not even look. And the pictures and it would be beautiful. are, yeah, in, in, amazing, incredible. We went to yeah. ghettos, and we went to beautiful beaches, we went to, and we had not very much money, hardly any money at all. So we were living in very very cheap places
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and we had but well, we did have 100 dollars that her godfather had given her my friend's godfather had given her so and we saved that up because we were there on her birthday and we saved that up in Rajasthan and we stayed in a palace for one night wow and we spent the 100 dollars in one night um, it was It was amazing. It wasn't like we did anything particularly. We just mm. had nice food and a Observed. proper
0: bed. <laughs> mm. So India, and then did you go anywhere else in those years, travelling? Uh, n- uh, I Not in those years. What happened is I came back and then fair within like four f-
1: years after that, I had my first child. So then mm-hmm. I did a lot of travelling with my son and his father, because his father was, uh, so he, we traveled a lot with his work, mm-hmm. basically. So so we um, were lucky enough to go to visit lots and lots of places, Australia, okay. and America, lots
0: of times, and mm-hmm. um, Japan, and wow. all over, yeah. So, so, so you just mentioned having a first son. Hmm. Um your first child yeah. <laughs> didn't know the second one was going to be a son at that no, point no at that point didn't have any idea so how old were you when you had your first child um i was I t- th- th- oh, can't remember uh,
1: actually i think i was don't there. look at me nah. for the numbers <laughs> um well i guess in the that- th- early 30s late 20s okay early 30s so, I guess... Just... I'm not good with numbers. <laughs> no, that's all right. No, just
0: the timeline you were kind of sketching out. Yeah, It yeah, yeah. like it was slightly earlier. I but...
1: 27, 28. I was 27, 28, so that's mm-hmm. 87-ish. Okay. Um, and then within four years, I'd had Remus, my first son, so, so that's early 30s.
0: Okay. Did you feel ready for that at the time? Yeah. Really I ready for it? I desperately
1: wanted to have children really early. I could have had them when I was 18.
0: Oh, okay, interesting. Mm. Why do you think you felt like that? Did you know why, or...? Uh, no. No, I don't know. It it's was... quite instinctive.
1: Yeah, it was very instinctive. It was, I would have, I, I don't know, it was totally hormonal, completely uh, a physical thing. Mm-hmm. I felt like um, I could have
0: popped out six children, <laughs> and I probably could have done. Do you think that's because, you know, you said right at the beginning that you were doing quite a lot of adulting Maybe. as a child. Do you think you felt... Just like you didn't even really have to. It was yeah. I, I wait I for sort of some kind wanted, of change. I don't know if there's a
1: romantic notion to
0: do with the Waltons. It was it was <laughs> something you know. It was something
1: along those lines that that I yeah the the whole not necessarily mothering thing but the, yeah loads of kids, loads of boys. I just I, yeah I, that would have if I'd been in different circumstances. I think I might have fallen into that trap. <laughs>
0: Really? It was, yeah, yeah, it was wow. instinctual,
1: and I, I have a feeling that actually physically I would have been very easy because it was very easy for me to have children. So you think your body was mm-hmm. was telling I you something? I think it was
0: a physical thing. Yeah, yeah, it was raring to go.
1: Yeah, and actually my mum put a lid on that um, because she put me on the pill very early. Yeah.
0: When you say she put you on the pill, mm. do you mean she
1: kind of took you to the doctor? She and... took me to the doctor when I was fifteen. Yeah. Okay. She sensed. Uh, things were happening and mm. marched me down to the doctor who, who you know she her, she was uh she had a child when she was 21 she was very yeah. young and she was a generation of the pill is liberating and so she yeah was, of course like, thought that it was a really good idea mm. to um for, for me mm. in case I got pregnant because that would be the worst thing in the world
0: mm. did you in those years where you felt kind of always ready to have children did you were you thinking about the fact that your mum had been so young when she had hers, or? No, it's only with hindsight. I think.
1: I think at if if I'd had a child at that age, if I had sort of accidentally, it accidentally got pregnant. She hadn't put my pin, and I had got pregnant. Oh, who knows? But possibly I might have gone with that, and um, because you knew it was
0: possible, because your mum had done it.
1: Yeah, no, 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 not at all. Actually, no more that it would have been something that I could have. Uh, could have coped with. Um, I think my mum's terror of that happening was actually her terror and not mm-hmm. mine. Okay. And if that had happened, I think I would have coped. Okay. And I'm sort of glad it didn't because mm. you know who knows what that would have done. But um, I don't think it would have been as mm. bloody horrible and, and as awful as the, her fear of it, which that's interesting. Yeah, which I think was was uh, projection. Yeah, huge. think was
0: huge so it sounds like you've not really been phased by much in life really yeah yeah the sense I'm getting is that you know you were ready for kids you were ready to travel you were ready for your career always like it doesn't sound it doesn't sound like you had much to not like you didn't have anything to worry about but you didn't have Mm. kind of um (coughs) trouble shit making happen. certain choices <laughs> yeah of course of course
1: and you know i wasn't ready for loads of my friends to die and i wasn't mm. ready for well, that's a bit dramatic but um i wasn't ready for the deaths that happened because over of periods of time stuff did happen and people uh, around me and um, died with all sorts of various different things and that was something that i remember looking back at my parents and and seeing that, that they had they, they still had all their friends when and they were adults and they me and my brother had, um, knew already three or four people that had died by the age, ages of 20, in our mid-20s, and they didn't know anyone had died, and that seemed quite weird. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know about being unfazed, I think, I think it's just what you know.
0: Yeah.
1: For me, it was just all I knew, so I... I didn't know that it wasn't all right or yeah. that it was well, you knew all yoursa-
0: right. You knew yourself then. You were very, me and um, Perrin, who you do know, but yeah. Perrin, a previous yeah. guest, we were talking about the word sensible as it's kind of gained this label, as a, it's gained a negative label, it's mm. gained this meaning of being boring and yeah. not pushing yourself. And, you know, maybe to an extent, those two do correlate, but the reason that it, is the word that it is it's because it's about being in touch with your own self and sensing what you want and what yeah. you don't want yeah and following that following that line hmm. and you know that that's not a bad thing in any way no to be sensible of yourself I've always
1: been a sensible one and then in some situations where <sighs> shit has happened around me with you know uh, in, in times i'm i'm the sensible one yeah mm. yeah and i'm um, i'm cool with that i'm fine with that yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's all right with me. have you always been fine with that yeah that's i it. think so yeah, yeah i think so and it does go back to how we very first started isn't it with the question of when did you become an adult and i guess yeah that word sensible and adulthood or adult they do yeah. merge to some point and is that is that because I was always in charge of the younger ones or is it just innate and I don't know? I don't know
0: what the answer mm. is to that. And was it because my mum always says that having kids is the most creative thing she ever did mm. because having us was a huge outlet for her yeah. creative and artistic tendencies. Did you feel that as well?
1: Um I, yeah, and no, it is obviously you're creating a human. So that's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck else is more creative than that? Mm. But I, I I did feel I felt a bit clipped at the same time, if I'm completely honest, because um i didn't have my partner was away a lot of the time not yeah. just for a week or a weekend or a couple of weeks he'd be away on tour for a long long time and then come back and not really be he wasn't a parent particularly so i felt like i was the only parent mm-hmm. and so that was hard work so i think having having a baby was great fun mm-hmm. it's uh, and brilliant and very creative and you know, amazing Um, But as going on into being a parent of a toddler and the everydayness of it and the difference from bobbing along to Mm -hmm. completely having to be conscious and and, 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 an adult on it 24-7 was quite hard, was really, really hard work. Okay. Mm.
0: So that phase of responsible adulting,
1: Mm. you felt that? That was tough.
0: Yeah, really tough because I, I,
1: I think I, I was a single parent, really, for all mm. intents and purposes. Yeah. No one else helped me parent. It was, I was, you know, this contribution in, in financial terms that there were, I, wasn't, I wasn't being looked after. And um, so it was harder to look after anyone else.
0: Mm. So obviously you've been doing that for a while. <laughs> yeah. um, what does adulthood kind of mean to you now? It means being able to
1: be a child again. <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah, to, to be able to bob along again, and maybe that's what I'd like it to mean, anyway. Mm. Um, be able to um, throw everything up in the air and put it back down again, and see what the ingredients are and mess them up, um, but still be responsible and pay the bills and make sure that the the, the house is, you know, I'm, I'm still it's me just doing that, so I that that's a, a weight. I feel the weight of that. But at the same time, I can go to bed when I want to. <laughs> I can watch films all night. I can, you know, I can wear my pajamas all day. I can make decisions about what I want to do. I can eat ice cream all day if I want to. I never would. I hate ice cream. But do you know what I mean? It's, it's <laughs> yeah, the, I do. the decisions are my own to make. Um, and it does irritate me when, <laughs> when the other adults or children in my life get in the way of that because mm. I feel like this is, I can, this. Fuck off, this is my time to be mm. an adult now. I don't know if that last bit really made any sense. But no, no, it does. Yeah, a mixture of the two.
0: Mm. Okay, we'll just get going on the quickfire-ish questions. Okay. go for it. First one, I asked you to think of a song that, I know it must be so hard because you've said that music was so important to you, but mm. one song that reminds you of the time that we've been speaking about or mm. one section of it. Mm. It's Harry Nielsen and mm-hmm. it's Think About Your Troubles. Okay. Do
1: you know it? I don't know it. I think you um, do. I think you must know it because <laughs> I think you might have heard it before somewhere.
0: I think you might have played it to I you, maybe. I think I might have done. <laughs> um, so tell me about, what does that song mean to you? Okay, Harry Nelson is... Uh, um, it's,
1: from, um, it's from The Point, which is an animation from the 1970s and Harry Nelson wrote it. <sighs> think about your troubles is... It just sums it. It's just a beautiful song. Just listen to it. It's about pour yourself a cup of tea and think about the bubbles. <laughs>
0: you just have to hear it. It. Well, for those listening on Anchor, we'll hear it now. Um, everyone else, please do go find it and listen to it. Yeah. You'll um, love it. Thank you for sharing that. That's all right. Next question: One of you felt luckiest in life.
1: Ah. Oh, um. I don't know, the luckiest is something I've really ever felt. I did win the lottery once. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do. (laughs) Yeah, it was (laughs) £2,000. Wow. And it was when, um, yeah, I was on my own with the boys. So one was five and, yeah, five and a half, and one was tiny, just in a pushchair. And um, I'd, yeah, for some reason, done the lottery and then put the ticket in um, to uh, the machine and the guy... cut a long story short I ended up at the post office suddenly with somebody saying yeah there's two thousand pounds oh my god and I bought a buzz Lightly. yeah (laughs) I bought a really good leather basketball for my two boys and I bought myself a garden shed
0: beautiful (laughs) what else could you want well that's all I needed at the time amazing Mm. um what's some advice that you would give to yourself at 21 that also applies to me at 21 now oh wow that's a good question um (laughs) Some of the things
1: that happen that seems... Uh raw and hard and mm. really important and it sounds trite but you will look back on them and they aren't that important mm. they simply aren't that important in the bigger picture but it is all about perspective and I, I actually still give myself that advice now because I do stress sure. myself out about stuff sometimes now to do with work or whatever mm. and I have to remind myself constantly that that's this won't be that important in a week's mm. time or a
0: month's time or in six months time yeah um, but yeah I guess do you tell yourself that successfully do you think that anyone can ever actually uh, yeah I, I, gain that yeah, perspective I think in the it's moment? a it's like a meditation it's something mm. that should be a reminded
1: thing uh, but, but to be uh, to be more purist about what you just said about it, if I to, to talk to myself as a 21 year old I think that would it, it would it would be slightly lost uh, I don't think it's lost on you by the way I think <laughs> it was, would be lost on me at that age yeah. I was a little bit more look more forward have a bit more perspective don't just live so much in the moment maybe Mm -hmm. bigger picture yeah maybe bigger picture as i'm saying that that's not sitting right i was no it's not sitting right because i was doing that i had bought a flat by the age of 23 24 Mm. so i was doing that i was looking
0: well i guess you don't mean you don't mean bigger picture in the practical sense i think you mean the emotional sense yeah of being yeah content with the fact that emotions are, you know, not permanent and that there's a bigger picture of contentedness yeah, that isn't right. just I was busy raw making myself feelings. secure physically. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so exactly in the emotional sense. Mm. Yeah. And then to end on hopefully a positive note, <laughs> what's something you see in the world that we live in that you think is a kind of a positive and progressive change that I can make the most of um, and my generation can make the most of as we become adults. Okay, uh, interesting. I know it's Silence. hard. That's a really Everyone's hard. Everyone's found question. it really
1: hard. Technology comes, you know, it's the obvious the first thing that came into my mind. Mm. That's a double-edged That's sword. Such isn't a double-edged it? sword. Yeah, really massively double-edged. Maybe more that you do have. You have. I think what you have, and more of your contemporaries have, hopefully, is parents. I mean. In my experience, because I know your parents and I know friends of your parents and I'm la 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 la. So I, what we have done, and we touched on this earlier on, is is we've been more conscious in our upbringing of our children. Mm-hmm. So our children are now in their early 20s and I think you should just bloody well listen to us. <laughs> um we're embarrassing, we're um, <laughs> rubbish because, you know, we're parents and, and, you know, parents are always embarrassing. But maybe there's, we didn't, we didn't have that. We had more people that were bobbing along. We had parents that didn't didn't have to work so hard. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, you know, just to carve your own way
0: as well. Don't get too lost in that. So make the most of the care that you're offering mm-hmm. as adults in our mm-hmm. lives. The care and advice and elders' wisdom, the wisdom of the elders. Yeah,
1: do you know, what I think that comes from um, where that's just come from is um, that my dad is is very wise and has mm. always spouted. I think it's about taking what works for you. And I think it's 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 it, we're lucky. I'm lucky to have a dad that's done that. You're lucky to have parents that have done that. I think my kids are lucky to have mm. at least one parent that can do do that. And and I think it's good to take what's relevant for you.
0: Well, thanks so much, Shami, for your candour and, well, for your wisdom that you give me every day. Love you lots. And see you soon.